Let's go. We're freaking rolling. Let me adjust this really quickly. We're going to come at you with a small UFC episode today because my co-host isn't here today, so it's just me, but we have a variety of topics to cover on this episode, but I'm kind of an idiot. I definitely should have filmed one last week, but I I didn't find the time, you know, but we're trying to be more consistent, all right, and it sucks because there's things from like the Aspinall card because that's the last card that we talked about. There's things I want to talk about on there, so I'm just going to like speed round through some stuff, but they'll be... I'll put <laughs> timestamps so you can just slide through to the most um, recent things. But first of all, though, we'll get into uh, Font versus Sanhagen. But I think that it would honestly be right to just go all the way, not go all the way back to the Aspinall card, but talk about UFC 291. All right. We'll just get straight into this. What a wild card. <laughs> okay, bro. Like, we literally... Let me pull up the tapology, all right? And at the end, maybe because I've been absolutely obsessed with the UFC matchmaker sweepstakes because it's, like, my favorite game to play. Like, I wish, like, the UFC made that into an app where you could just, like, play that because I absolutely love doing that and I can't find enough emails. And I literally just asked my sister for her email, her two emails, and then my... uh girlfriend for her like school email because they keep making them and i hate how you can't really it'll just like keep showing up on your phone um as the one you the first one you made it doesn't let you like refresh the page and make a new one if you already entered in your email which kind of sucks but um let's pull up ufc 291 all right first of all sadness for tony ferguson after the ipoke thanks a lot bobby thanks thanks bobby i know that like, everybody I accidental whatever but i mean like dude tony was actually kind of like lighting him up in the beginning but it is what it is i was sad for tony i think the whole entire mma community is sad for tony but the salt lake special baby i'm trademarking that name i think that i saw uh i saw an article that titled there's like the salt lake special that's exactly what you've got to call that move like the little uh fake jab to head kick roman kobilov kind of did it he had like a little bit of, he had like a 75 percent salt lake special but i think he like fainted with the right and then came with the left i believe head kick but how absolutely mind-boggling is that that like a justin loki gets he like avenges his teammate in a weird way against a non-related really opponent in um dustin poirier but still i was kind of just I was depressed after that, that uh, Dustin lost because he was lighting him up in the first round. The first one was clean. I think he hurt Justin's eye, but the Salt, <laughs> the salt Lake special, baby. And it was good to see like nobody really got gassed out from the altitude, I don't think. But I think that at the end of the day, even if like if Dustin would have won the, if Dustin would have won the BMF title, like nobody would have complained, but it's like... It's just, like, common knowledge that Justin Gaethje's, like, the most violent guy in all of mixed martial arts. So, the fact that he has that belt sits... I feel like it should sit well with pretty much everybody. And once, kind of, the everything dies off between... Once, kind of, your sadness for Dustin losing kind of dies away, you'll, I think people will grow to appreciate that but Justin has so many fans but like I just thought Dustin had that lock because I could never I don't see you never see that guy losing besides he's in a title fight honestly I mean same with Justin but 
there's just something about Dustin Poirier, dude, that he's just a freaking brick wall. He, I mean, Justin is so good. Don't get me wrong. But I think that nine times out of 10, they fight. We just saw the one tenth, like the one time. And it just happened to be with a solid special head kick. Crazy shit, dude. But the Eros Madish fight, absolute berserk madness. I was so pumped to see Eros come up and fight semi the Jedi. I mean, Jesus Christ, that guy is a a huge man in the way that he just ate some of those shots. He didn't he didn't give up on himself the entire time. I, I definitely like if I feel like the majority of that division, if you get cracked by a Matthew Semmelber, um Semmelsberger shot, you're not gonna be okay and you're not gonna want to continue fighting but Eros is just build different bro but um yeah I, the UC 290 was a fantastic card he was just so short though like I felt like because I was just like chilling on my computer doing stuff and I didn't I, I was doing like some photoshop stuff and I didn't watch any of the prelims and they flew by but they were all really good I, I stopped and watched some of the Eros Madage fight but Gabriel Bonfim Kevin Holland bro let's run that she like I feel like that'd be a good fight, right? Recency bias, of course, Kellen. This wouldn't be a um, all gear no game podcast if you didn't match two guys up from the previous card, have them want want them to fight against one another. But I think it would make sense though, because like if I was like pulling up the rankings, what is it? Where's the welterweight rankings right now? We got Kevin Holland at number twelve. And shit, dude, I'm pretty sure Gabriel Bombeam can beat anybody in the top fifteen right now, because the guy he just comes out guns a-blazing throw shots a little bit hands were down a little bit at the beginning against trevin giles but the guy's guillotine is so on point and he just seems so strong and so t- stiff he's just like stiff as a board when you try to take that guy down like it seems like every any any just any any force somebody tries to put into gabriel it seems like he doesn't budge it seems like everywhere the fight goes he's dictating where that fight where the positions are and everything he's just a he's a special contender and he's got the perfect frame to give everybody in the division problems great grappling give everybody in the division problems and then also on top of that he's got the striking and the range and i feel like he's been relatively untouched throughout his career i don't know what his like exact record is let me check has it has, has the dude lost that's the real question 15 and 0 Yes, and then this is what is his second guillotine because uh, he beat uh, uh, Munir Lazez with the guillotine in his debut. Dude's a monster, but Kevin Holland looked good, though. He sung in that Darsh on Kiesa. Shoot. It'd be a really good fight, but obviously you got Derek Lewis. The Alex Pereira, I'm, I was interested. I'm interested to see like what other people think about that fight because I feel like not a lot of questions were answered against because I thought for sure because we're getting like Jan Blahovich for sure is one of the best light heavyweights in the world i was coming into this like oh my god we're gonna see how good alex is and obviously alex is so good but that fight was just strange because i just hate those fights where it's you leave doubt in the minds of people when because yawn is managing to get the takedown obviously i i I think yawn lost just because he was absolutely huffing and puffing for air at the end of the fight and had the posture of a loser getting on his knees and alex has his hands up walking around the octagon alex has insane cardio especially for moving up a weight class it's crazy but i just don't know how alex is gonna fare against a guy like kiri prohoshka magomed ankaliyev i honestly think magomed ankaliyev when he comes back he's gonna prove his state because i think that he low-key is pissed off about his last fight because he didn't get to really utilize his full skill set like props to jan blahovich one of the most interesting stories in all of 
UFC history just because of the fact that he is really good everywhere, but and he has the Polish power. But besides that, it's like he's not like too crazy of a dynamic fighter, I feel like. And so the fact that he's up there is wild because I never thought that he would get to the point where he is now. But um, I think that Alex Pijeda, he obviously has more bragging rights over uh, Izzy, but uh, in this dub because Izzy couldn't get the job done versus Jan. But it's going to be fun to see Hiri and Alex Pijeda because I think that's the fight to make. And I think when Hiri comes back, he's going to dominate him. But Alex can crack you, but it didn't seem to really stun. Like he didn't, he was hitting, uh, he was blasting Yon with a jab, but it, nothing was too absurd. I feel like that really just crumbled. It was like, was it the second round where he was kind of starting to melt him a little bit? And we're like, oh shoot, this is going to be interesting. But in the third round, it was, Yon got that late takedown and we never got to see any late fight fireworks. But you see 291 solid not as great as i thought it was going to be but it, the main event sold itself i feel like because if we had steven thompson versus michelle pijeda and paulo costa's ikram al scarab on there it would have been whack but that's that dude but okay i really want to i want to i want to go back really quickly let's go back to uh aspinall versus tibera okay i know this is a this is a blast from the past year but i didn't get to talk about it after um like last week or whatever and so i mean i feel comfortable behind here it's good probably really boring but let's go down to uh what was it let's talk about mick parkin first dude mick look good he's got good stand-up he's got good head moving got a good jab he'll poke you he pokes and prods you the entire fight and he gets the dub i like mick parkin great heavyweight he's in shape too he like he doesn't get tired he's got a good frame i think that he's gonna be a i think he's gonna be a player um the alvarez versus jacasey fight kind of that sucked but johnny parsons dog bro new favorite fighter loki we got a new favorite fighter johnny parsons he throws down okay he doesn't look like much because he's just a little bulldog he doesn't really look like he fits into that 170 pound division just because you see so many of these freak athletes that are long and have these like incredible physiques and stuff but like johnny parsons going in there like i i think that he's a really good fighter he he gets into the pocket he throws heaters and he has a good chin so i mean hey dude (laughs) <laughs> fucking you got a fan in me for sure like i think that he's gonna be there's gonna be some serious uh mismatches i because i don't know like what it like is he at because i think he's a legitimate 170 pound fighter right not sure let's see was it a 170 pound bow yeah it was 175 pound bout in his dana white contender series main event special athlete special fighter i really like johnny and his hair is sickening so that's one guy i was like danny hot chocolate should clean this guy up right he was touching him a little bit at the beginning but johnny got the job done jai herbert didn't fucking suck paul craig paul craig looked good andre Fury versus nate wood nathaniel showed chinks in the armor which was something that I was interested to see because Andre Feely, I feel like Andre Feely can fight with the best in the world and give the best guys in the world a decent competition just because he's got relatively, I mean, he's got pretty good wrestling, dude. He's got good scrambles. He's got the ability to get back up to his feet and we all know that he likes to throw on the, um, when his feet are down words on the canvas when he's standing up. So I knew that this was going to be the toughest fight for Nathaniel Wood, even though I know Charles Jardine is tough, but Andre Feely has definitely better a better ground game than charles so good competition i mean in that second round i mean nathaniel was on the brink of getting 
finished, but he's so tough. And I think that he's going to come back stronger than ever. I really want Andre Feely, bro. If he needs to take a break, probably. Andre needs to take a break, but um, just because he's taking some hard shots as of late. But yeah. And then we're getting to Tom Aspinall. This is the main thing that I really want to talk about. I just wanted to buzz through the Aspinall versus Tabira card just because I feel like there's some decent talking points on here. But Tommy. I mean, the guy is so special. Let's look at the rankings, all right? Let's look at the heavyweight rankings of the world. Got Johnny B, Judy B. Jones at the top. Sergey is number one. Cyrilgan, Stipe, and Tom. So we've got Cyril's, Cyril's going to be fighting. Uh, who's Cyril fighting again? Let me see. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking my bad. Cyril Gunn. Why am I blanking on? He's fighting somebody good, huh? Oh, yeah. He's fighting... Uh, is Bongamin... He's fighting Sergey. Spivak. You see, that fight doesn't make sense to me. In ter- like, why Tommy wants to fight. Why Why does Tom want to fight the... I mean, obviously, Gon wins. For sure, he wants to fight Gon. I mean, that's a great matchup for him. Be a skilled strike fest, and he has the advantage on the ground. I think he can definitely sink in a rear naked on Cyril. But, he already beat Sergey, And I think that fight goes the exact same... Like, Sergey's good. Like, don't get me wrong. But I don't think that he's improved that much in the last, what, since 2021? To make it a vastly different fight. And Tom's way better now. And even though that Sergey has been propelling himself to the top, there's still a gap there. 100%. I think Sergey gives the majority of the division issues, but just not Tom. Tom's probably one of the worst for him. Just because... Sergey, you're not going to body slam and manhandle and bully Tom. Like, that doesn't work. Like, Tom moves like Cyril Gaunt, but he has the grappling of John Jones, you know? So, I think that Tom uh, Tom is going to get a title shot here soon, and I think that it's going to be probably... I think that he's going to do the number one contender fight with Sergey because Pavlovich, because I don't think that the Gaunt versus Spivak thing that he wants to do makes any sense. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I don't see John sticking around after he, he beats... Stipe, if he does beat Stipe, trust me, I'm going to be cheering for Stipe, 100%. But, you know, like, Tom, um, but, you know, like, Stipe, I don't think he has the skill set to beat John. And I don't think he, I think he's just going to walk away. Beat the goat, beat the goat, get away, and then we can make Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich super fight. That'd be crazy. If John wants to stick around, though, the best fight for him is to fight Sergey. Do not fight Tom because Tom is going to be the greatest heavyweight champion heavyweight champion of all time. I guarantee it. The guy's on the path to become the GOAT. I mean, he's built like a freaking NFL middle linebacker defensive end. He's just, there's no holes in the man's game. Um, Yes, sir. Okay, so... We covered UFC 291, all right? And I also said UFC 291, Uros versus Jedi. Same at the Jedi. Sneaky, low-key, uh, like, Fody. Like, Fody candidate. I'd say, like, 
I don't know, top 20 fights of the year for sure, just because there was so much action. Because, like, with the up kicks and then, like, semi falling back and then, like, Uro's coming and then semi dropping him again over the temple. I mean, it was kind of crazy. And then semi, I mean, Uro gets dropped. He's, like, unconscious. And then uh, semi comes back. I mean, and then Uro comes back and then sits him down with his, like, in the pocket. He just, like, threw a sick combo. And then he was just, like, semi was, like, on wobbly legs. And then I think he, like, finished him shortly after that. But crazy it was sickening and then, and then you always gotta love when a dc is chuckling to himself like when dc thinks something's funny it's it always gets a laugh out of me for sure but yes sir dude so uc 21 crazy aspinall car crazy but now we've got font versus sandy the sandman sanhagen absolutely locked in dialed against chudo vera one of the scariest people on planet earth Corey sanhagen so unbelievably good dude but the overarching theme of this card is dynamic strike fest. Okay, it's a dynamic striker fest because we've got Ignacio Bavandas, we've got Kyler Phillips, we've got Dustin Jacoby, we've got obviously Corey Sanhagen, and we got Robbie, we got Billy Quarantillo, baby, and then we got Long and Lanky. Sean Woodson. I mean, I'm gonna go out on a I'm gonna go out on a limb here, all right, and say that the KO of the year, one of the okay, I'm gonna say a top five KO of the year is coming on this card. It is too stacked. It has too many unbelievable athletes for there not to be something absolutely crazy. Because when Ignacio Bahamandas, what does he have? He has the uh, crazy-ass spinning heel kick and KO over Roosevelt Roberts. Kyler Phillips, his resume speaks for himself. Dude is, what is he, the last guy to beat Song Yidong besides um, Corey, I think? Let's check that. Check our math. Let's check Songer. Yeah. The last guy not named Corey Sanhagen to beat Song Yeronger was Kyler Phillips. And I think people forget that because he lost to Hallian Paiva, but he was beating the absolute piss out of Hallian Paiva at the beginning. I thought that was one of the craziest mismatches. I was like, why is the UFC making this fight? Because Kyler Phillips is a dog. Absolute great slick transitions on the ground can sub you. And then also he has crazy intense um, like non-telegraphed, he is straight up the matrix on the feet. Like you don't know where anything's coming from. He's going to dodge shit. He doesn't really get cracked. I feel like, and he's just a, an extremely fun fighter. So that back to back, like we get to watch Howie Barcelos versus Kyler Phillips and Ignacio Bahamadas versus Ludovic Klein. That is high level striking MMA back to back, baby. Like that, you can't really ask for anything better than that. And then also, we get Billy freaking Quarantillo versus Damon Jackson, which is going to be sick because Billy Quarantillo never in a boring fight, even when he gets knocked out unconscious against uh, Edson Barboza. Dude, insane fight. But Billy is a treat to watch every single time, and we got to tune in because this man. He's pure violence, baby. And he literally will just march you down. He's as t- he's tougher than nails, honestly. I mean, the guy, you literally have to do what exactly what Edson Barboza does to get him out of there. You have to land him with something he doesn't see that is an extreme, I mean, that is like a abnormally strong extremity. Straight up fists and elbows alone are not going to take him out. You got to hit him with the legs. But you got to hit him with the femurs. You got to hit him with the tibias and the fibula. 
because um, he, he almost needs a sledgehammer to get Billy Q out of there. Then Jake Hadley, but then also we got Sean Woodson, the most impressively long stat-wise, I mean, like, freaking intangibles up the wazoo because he's a freaking NBA basketball player wingspan Kevin Durant looking guy at 145 pounds and I'm excited to see the bazooka guy is that how you say bazooka dude if he knocks somebody out that's gonna be a freaking meme because I don't really know how you say his name but a bazooka I mean is that not his nickname let's guess is his nickname bazooka let's see Dennis bazooka the great god well we don't really know how it's spelled is it bazooka it's not bazooka. It's got to be bazooka. He's from America. Oh, from the north, dude. Why does this guy look like somebody familiar? I don't know. I'm gonna need some sketchy ads on my computer here. Don't like that. Tapology, clean your shit up. Um, Jeremiah Wells, Carlson Harris. But yeah, that's like the overarching theme is that we've just got strike fest. And Dustin Jacoby, world-class kickboxer. Jessica Andrade, one of my favorite female fighters. But let's get some, uh, you want some pro-expert knowledge breakdown, Dominic Cruz-esque breakdown of um, Sandy versus Rob Font. I rewatched the Rob Font versus Adrian Giannis fight. <sighs> Baby, that was a war. And... Robbie was getting touched up, and what really just, I think the thing that scares me the most, that was the best guy that Adrian Giannis has fought, you know, and Rob Font has way more experience than, and just higher level, he just fought higher level competition, and I think that really played a factor in why he was able to land those shots at the end or whatever, and we, Adrian Giannis does get touched, like against Randy Costa, Randy Costa was like, he was like pabbering him with the jab in the early rounds and like the first round. And then also with David Grant, David Grant was like hitting him with tough shots. So, um, if Corey is locked in and dialed in, like I know he's going to be, it's going to be a long night at the office for Rob. Like I love Rob Font. He's got the freaking biggest. He's got to have, he's got the big hands. He's got big paws, a lot of surface area to turn your lights out, to press that button and turn your lights out. But I mean, if he really, if he, I mean, his game plan is really simple. Like if he doesn't get that jab off and get close to distance and march forward, it's going to be tough. Cause Corey Sanding and his footwork is so good. I mean, he just moves around the octagon, can fight going backwards, fight going forward. And then he also like mixes in takedowns. You just, it's just ultimate confusion from Corey. And I just feel like he's going to, like I was watching the interview with him when he's breaking down the whole division. He just throws too much at you that it just overstims your system and you just freeze in there, man. And he's just getting better constantly and he's dedicated to his craft. Not saying Rob's not. I just think that Corey has so much more tools in his belt to beat Rob than Rob does him besides land a big shot. But that said, I'm saying this right now, even though... Like, what? Okay, I'm. This like doesn't like make make a ton of sense. This is just like a feeling that I get when I'm watching. Corey seems like he's in control of his fights, right? Like he's controlling Song Yudong, he's controlling Cheeto Vera. But for some reason, every time I'm watching, I'm feeling like there's a like. I never feel like completely like that, Corey. Like I always feel like there, it could snap. 
anything could happen at any moment where Corey just loses control of the fight. Like, I just feel like there's a, anytime there's a big, I just feel like a big moment can come from his opponent and it could just change the direction of the fight. I don't know. It sounds really strange, but the whole time I was watching Cheeto Vera versus Sanhagen, it was interesting to me because I'm thinking to myself that Corey is winning this entire fight, but if Marlon just starts throwing shots and starts going forward and just start throwing caution to the wind, bro, it could be a completely different fight right now. Cause it's like, and when Marlon was throwing, it seemed like he was having some, a little bit of success. And I don't know. I've, I, I maybe, maybe Rob just doesn't give a fuck and he's just going to just throw shit at Corey and see what happens. And if, if we just get a collision inside them in the, on, in the middle of the octagon, it could be one of the fights of the year for sure. But I, I didn't know that really Rob had it in him to t- put somebody's lights out like he did against, uh, Adrian Yanez, but then again, Corey he got a chin of granite, and he's ready to die in there. So, Gr- ground game, I definitely give Corey the advantage. But Rob has been trying to get a little bit of those takedowns because I think against uh, Corey uh, Cody Garbrandt, he was trying to get some ta- like he was changing levels a little bit. But this isn't Cody Garbrandt here. This is Corey the Sandman. It's gonna be tough. I really want it to be a good fight. I really love both of these fighters. Like Rob Font is a joy to watch. His boxing so good, but he gets tagged, and I feel like. Corey gets going early, starts to bloody up, Rob. We're not dealing with Adrian Yanez. We're, we're just, Corey just doesn't not leave a lot of openings, man. He's too tight. He's too locked in. He's too focused. He's ready to be the champ. He's ready to be the champ, man. But yeah, I think that it's going to be a phenomenal fight card and we're going to be stoked. I think Diego Lopez looks good. Lex Kamer's back. It's going to be fun, but transitioning in other mma news actually next we don't really like to talk about this stuff here because it doesn't pertain to mma but i mean it does but nate versus a jakey we won't spend time on this because screw jake paul but we like nate diaz um what if nate goes out there like i don't like it it's tough because (laughs) nate's not in his prime anymore but what if he goes in there and has like a vintage Michael Johnson-esque performance where he just pieces him up, pieces Jake up. That'd be crazy. And also, who do you think it's our Leon or Jake? I don't know. I'm going with Leon. I don't know, though. Actually, probably Jake in terms of hand speed. I don't know. Oh, that's tough, but it's hard to know. I'm sure Jake probably hits harder. But, like, I just don't see Nate getting knocked out. I see Jake getting tired. And I've been watching Nate's stand-up. The dude slips. Like, I know he gets hit a lot, but he's fighting the best guys in the world, too. Especially on the feet. Like, when we're fighting Conor McGregor, and you're fighting, like, like primetime Jorge Masvidal and Leon Edwards, the bread and butter of those men are striking. And I think... All three of those dudes in, in like, their prime would, like, knock the snot out of Jake. So, I just want Nate to win so badly, man. I want him to win so bad. And it's going to be so sad if he loses, but I have the faith that he's not. He just has the cardio for days. And I think he's just underrated with the box. There's wiriness, dude. The thudding power. I know it doesn't feel like a lot. 
accumulation on that face starts to hurt really quick. And I just think that he's a lot more skilled than people think. And he's going to stand in there. And he's going to bang, baby. And I don't think that man's going to fall. It's going to take a lot for him to fall. I'm just trying to play out scenarios. Like, I'm preparing myself for sadness. But at the same time, I'm pumped for the opportunity that we get to knock off Jake Paul and maybe get him to retire. Be crazy. But I'm cheering for you, Nate. Sending positive energy your way to get that dub, man. Just You need to do it for the MMA community. <laughs> Our well-being is uh, you're, you have it in your grasp this Saturday night. Never been more intrigued to buy something that I would like. I would never like. I never would pay for a boxing pay per view, and I definitely probably won't buy this. But if I was to buy one, probably be this one. But let's go to MMA uh, news alerts. All right, let's get this thing done. Notes. In other MMA news, we've got some freaking sick fights. We got one last segment. All right. We got our boy Giga Jakadze is back. And I think that he's prime, dude, for a title shot just because the man has been doing everything right. He, he's he been chilling. He had a tough performance against uh, Calvin Cater, but he took his time off. I'm, I know for a fact Mans has been working, and he's kind of let the division play out. And that's been the move because there hasn't really been – too much stuff happening besides people going up trying to beat alexander and losing so he's just kind of maintained his spot and he's what at number nine right now and the field is looking wide open for a title shot for our man Gigi we can't forget about him because i think when it comes down to it when it comes down to guys that give a lot of dudes in the division issues it's gonna be giga chikadze if he just implements a little bit more of level changes and can stay on his feet and just make people fight his fight i mean the guy is so unbelievably dangerous he can beat anybody ranked above him right now it's tough when you go through it though like and calvin cater looked really good against him but who knows what a rematch would look like josh emma i feel like would give him maybe some issues but giga's really good with that kick baby and i feel like he Controls range well, and but Emmett's going to probably be shooting on him. It's going to be tough. The elites, I mean, there's absolute murderers at 145, but I just have faith in Giga to come back and maybe get a little run in him because he's still, how old is Giga? I think Giga's like 34. He's going to get, he's in his prime right now. Isn't he? I don't know. I don't know how old he is right now. <laughs> I think he's going to be good, dude. The guy, we just forgot. I mean, what over COVID? They do his body kicking guys left and right, and they were falling. And he also just, like, he beat Edson Barboza, beat Cub Swanson. Like, Omar Morales, like, tough, tough guys. And he had a setback. I think that he did what a lot of guys should do, and that's take time off. Come back. Sharpen your spear. Come back versus Alex alex caceres and remind everybody that you mean business it's gonna this is a great matchup for him honestly like alex he's a good striker and honestly this is like a great like baseline test because alex caceres he deserves this opportunity to crack into the top 10 without a doubt because he's a very exciting fighter but i think that giga needs to display an ability to be able to stay off the mat 
and just fight his fight and just pick people apart like he does because in almost every single fight that he has, he's going to have the speed advantage almost every single time. And it's going to be tough for guys to get in the pocket with him because before you know it, he's already thrown like, like three or four punches and a kick. Nothing with him is telegraphed. He's just an extremely crisp and high-level fighter in every which way. So he's just such a great addition to the division, and we have kind of been missing out on him because he hasn't been active at all. But it's primed and ready for him. Because we're talking to fight against Alex Cacera, sure. Like, he's probably going to have to take a couple fights below him, maybe in the rankings. But because there's a lot of clusterfuck at the top where it's just interesting. Like, you got Ilya up there and Arnold Allen. Just some crazy matchups. But crazy fights that need to play out. But this is a great way to just insert yourself in the back in back into the division with a win over a top 15 guy. And then also in the minds of the fans to remind people that... Giga's a tough outing every single time. And we cannot judge him on that one fight against Calvin Cater, okay? That's what we cannot do. We cannot f- judge him. Like, you could have an off day, all right? You can have an off day against one of the best guys in the world. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. But I'm pumping it for Giga Chikadze. I think that he's got the juice in the tank. And in terms of, like, becoming champion, like, who knows? We need Alexander Volkanovsky to, like, move on because he's the best fighter on planet Earth right now. One of them. Top three for sure. And so uh, we're going to need somebody else. we're going to need him to step away and we're going to need an IC opportunity and maybe interim title presents itself for Giga Chikadze but when you're looking at it like I feel like he gives Brian Ortega issues I feel like he gives Arnold Allen issues definitely feel like he gives Josh Allen uh Josh Emmett issues Yair Rodriguez is tough I don't think see a lot of guys beating Yair Rodriguez besides Max Holloway but we'll see where Giga's at in this Caceres fight I was pumped 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 for that because the dude just makes the division, the 145-pound division, which is already popping. He makes it so much more exciting. All right. Then we got uh, Daniel Zellhuber versus Christos Yagos. Okay, this fight's good. Like, go back and watch Land of Venata versus Zellhuber. I was right in Zellhuber off. I didn't know how good he was. But seeing his fight against, I believe it was Land of Venata. I mean, the guy is dynamic striker. What is he like? This is a lightweight bout. And I think he's like he's from Mexico or whatever. We got Manuel El Loco Torres and we got Daniel Zellhuber. I mean, those are the guys. Those are some those are the future Mexican prospects that are gonna take over that lightweight division and make it exciting. Like, I mean it already is exciting, but these guys got big frames, long limbs, and can touch you from literally anywhere and so dynamic on the feet. I mean, just knockout power from every which way. I mean, I feel like they've got pretty decent ground games. I mean, I really really haven't seen them, but I'm excited to watch Daniel Zellhuber. He is on the rise. Cristo Siago's got a good dub over Ricky Glenn. It's going to be a good fight. Then we got Benoit Saint-Denis versus Thiago Moises. Insane fight. We get to see a grappling fest between these two guys because it's going to be interesting to see who shoots first. It's going to be interesting to see who gets like prime position on one another. But at the end of the day, I really do think Benoit Saint-Denis is just on a different level in terms of strength and in terms of toughness. And I really do think that he's probably got the advantage in terms of not being hesitant to throw strikes against Thiago Moises like Thiago is good but I think he gets a little bit tight but he get it, he got a good dub over Mazzucchi Ocasio looked really good in his last fight but Thiago Santa uh Thiago Moises he does seem a little bit hesitant on the feet to throw stuff but we're gonna see a lot of body kicks I feel like and we're gonna see a lot of takedown attempts and I feel like we're gonna see just really high level grappling really good fight and it's gonna be a great test to see like, whoever comes out of this fight the winner is gonna set themselves up so well to get a great fight next and like prime themselves for a, a top 15 like 
Because we are either I I don't think Tiago's ranked. Yeah, Tiago's not ranked. But whoever wins this fight deserves to be ranked because those two guys, this is high level. Even though they're not in the top top fifteen, like this is high level shit that's gonna go down between those two men. And then uh, the next thing that's crazy is Jonathan Martinez versus Adrian Yanez. I mean. <laughs> talking about UFC matchmaker sweepstakes I mean this is a fight that I would make 100% because Jonathan Martinez I mean dude dude's kind of got the best striking in the family division low key and he's got great grappling as well beating Saeed uh, Nurmagomedov is a feather in your cap son because uh not a lot of guys can do that Saeed Nurmagomedov was kind of like losing to Saeed Yukub Kakramanov and then he sinks in what he sinks in the guillotine on him I think it's not easy to beat that man even when you think you're beating him you lose but jonathan got the job done against a tough man and uh adrian Giannis is looking to come back and avenge his loss um because i think this is going to be a stand and banger and i think that jonathan martinez may change some levels but at the, at the end of the day i don't really see like jonathan martinez he did get cracked at one time against davy grant and he lost that fight but he also almost knocked davy grant out in the first round and i was like oh shit but Jonathan Martinez versus Adrian Yanez, oh baby girl, that's an absolute money fight. Uh, in terms of who I give the edge to, I, I'd say Jonathan Martinez. I think it's his time. More people need to know about Jonathan Martinez, man. That guy can easily contend for a title. He gives a lot of guys in the, the bantamweight division issues just because of his length and also because of his well-rounded skill set, I feel like. And just, I mean, the teeps, bro. The teeps and the kicks and just his long, crisp shots. He doesn't get hit very well. He's got great technical um, striking. And he's just... <laughs> Dude, he's just a baller. Like, that's all you can say. Okay. Let's go to... Let's go. Can, can, should we do it? Should we do it? What are we at? 37? Can we believe that I've been talking for 37 minutes this long? I know this is probably not super exciting for you guys, but... I love talking about this shit. Okay. Let's go to UFC. UFC uh, matchmaker sweepstakes. Let's make one more. Well, I'm going to make like three more, but I will just do one with you guys. Let's do a random one. Because I, I don't even know like this. Like what even is the criteria for this? Do you just like make the card? Like I don't even think they like, they're not going to look at every single card and be like, oh my God, like this is a good one. Because everybody's going to look like relatively the same unless you like know nothing about the UFC. Or you're like really intricate and you're like, I want Natalia Salvan versus, or like uh, freaking Esteban Rebibix versus uh, I don't, I, dude, I don't know. Can't name off the top of my head, but let's start at the bottom. Who do we have? Let's spin the wheel. Let's go women's strawweight. Women's straw, oh, dude. The interface is dark. Screw that, boy. Yeah, we'll go women's straw. Wait, who's a fun? What's fun there? Amanda Lemon's gonna be fighting for the title. Dang, it's gonna be sick. Who would be a fun fight here? Let's go, Tabitha Richie. This will be a rando. Let's go, Tabitha Richie versus let's go down to the bottom bro who's that one girl that literally just knocked the other girl out cold she has like a cool name jasmine uh what was it cheyenne belizmus she's good 
the hell you do Cardi Bird in Brazil? Dude, I feel like there's one girl. Oh, dude, Denise Gomes, bro. Yeah, she just knocked out Howrigi, right? Dude, yeah, let's do that. Let's do Denise Gomes versus Tabitha. That'd be a fireworks show. Okay, now let's go spin the wheel. Let's go uh, men's flyweight. Let's go men. This is a small man's card here. This is a small people card. Getting out of breath. I want to see Sumu back. Let's see Sumu Darji come back here. The Tibetan Eagle. All right. We got the Tibetan Eagle coming back. Let's go down to the bottom see if there's any sleepers. Oh, let's do Klaigeson versus the Tibetan Eagle. Oh, yes. I like that. All right, next one. I'm a freaking matchmaker at heart. You know that. You know that. We go grapplers versus grapplers. We go strikers versus strikers. We don't go strikers versus grapplers. We don't do that. We don't do that. Ah, frick, man. Let's go. Oh, baby. Let's go a feather way, man. Let's go feather. Feather way. Let's go down to the bottom. There's some exciting feathers. Let's go. Let's look through this. Got Nate Train, Lambert. Got Charles Jordan. Crone. Crone Gracie. Anybody want to see a Crone Gracie fight? Let's go. Not Shane Young. Hikaru Hamosh is fun. Uh, Duho, Andre Tachi, Tachi Pele, Steve Garcia's fun. Mm, dude, uh, Jose Mariscal. Because <laughs> I mean, dude, there's so many, there's so many good 45ers. It's actually ridiculous, bro. That Gabriel Miranda guy he came up and what did he fight Benoit? Jesus Christ, that sucks. <laughs> Um, David on uh, I like I love David Onama. Let's go back down to the bottom. We'll go. Oh, you know who gives a good fight every time is Town Town TJ Brown. Down. Let's, who, who's a good matchup? We need to get Downtown TJ Brown a dub because what did he lose to Bill Algio? But he was beating the sh like he was beating up Hill. Who's a fun fight for uh, Downtown TJ Brown? Um, let's go with, let's go Steve Garcia, <laughs> let's go Steve Garcia versus Dan Tan, TJ Brand, dude, Steve Garcia is a dog, what did he, who did he fight last, dude, he knocked somebody's unganjas, he knocked some unganjas, he wasn't supposed to knock him on, oh, is it a Chase, was it Chase Hooper that he knocked unganjas? Oh, no. Yeah, he beat Chase, yes. But he beat Shylan Nurdenbeck, which nobody was expecting. Everybody was writing his ass off because they're like, oh, Shylan. Shylan's coming in. He looks like a tank. And then Stevie just absolutely cracks. I think Shylan in, like, the first 10 seconds of the fight, like, absolutely popped his ass. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. The co-main event of the evening. Um, Let's go... Spin the wheel. Do you go heavyweight bout, huh? 
Heavyweight bout. Um, let's go. Yeah, let's go heavyweight bout. Nah, dude. Heavyweight bout's like, oh, uh, we wanna. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's go lightweight. The lightweight. All right, scroll down to the bottom. Scroll down to the bottom of the lightweight. All right, we're gonna go. Oh gosh, golly! So many absolute studs. You just scroll. You're like stud, 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 stud. I mean, that's what the UFC is. But uh, dude, we gotta go with. Uh, let's go, Reby. I, I I put Reby Vix in like all mine. Esteban, because I just think he's so unbelievably special. We'll go Reby. Esteban Ribavix versus uh, who's fun? We got. Should we go El Loco or do we go Zell Huber? God, those are good picks, Kellen. You're a special. You're a special matchmaker, Kellen. Truly a special matchmaker. We'll go El Loco. Just for the sick of time. Dude, could you imagine that bang bang? Oh my god. Esteban Revix versus Manuel Torres. Somebody's going unconscious in the first round. I guarantee it. And that fight's not going to the... I mean, it might go to the ground because Esteban might take it there. With a little Kimura technique or whatever. Might pull Kimura, but... Who cares? Because Esteban is the most exciting fighter in the entire UFC. Okay. Let's go women's main event. We're going to go women's flyweight, without a doubt. Who should the women's flyweight main event be? I know Natalia Silva, the most exciting women fighter on planet Earth. Natalia Silva. Bam. All right, who should Natalia fight? Um, dude, Natalia Silva is such a bad ass. Most exciting, you like, dude. But we need to just fight somebody good. Who's good? Who's good in here? There's a lot of good women's flyweights. Karina Silva. I mean, that's my dream matchup. The Silva's going at it. Andrew Lee's gonna have a hell of a time versus Natalia. It's gonna be crazy. Who's not afraid to throw? But not that's not going to shoot. Actually, who cares if they shoot too much because she just stuffs it. If they, if Amanda Heboss fought Natalia Silva, I think my hand, Amanda Heboss is going night night. Here we go Macy Barber. Does she throw down? Macy Barber throws down. Mm, we're going to take a gamble on it. We're taking a gamble on it. All right. We got Tabitha Ritchie versus Denise Gomes. Swim and Strawberry. We got Sumu Darji versus Clayton Rodriguez. We got Downtown TJ Brown versus Steve Garcia. We got Manuel Loco Torres versus Esteban Rivas. We got Natalia Silva versus Macy Barber. You know how many people would watch this on ESPN? Zero. You know how many people would regret it? 8.8 billion people. However many people on planet Earth. Because this would actually go down as the greatest card in the history of the entire UFC. I guarantee you that. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for watching. If you watched it. If you made it all the way through. Props to you. Um, subscribe if you want don't blame me if you don't but yeah thank you guys so much and um we'll be back at it soon here let's go